Hey, everybody. Welcome to Kings and Priests. My name is Michael, and myself and my co-host, Dean Sweetman, are here every week talking about faith-driven business and entrepreneurship. And I'm excited today because we are dropping the second of weekly interviews that we're going to drop on this feed as well with entrepreneurs, founders, creators, and investors. We're just going to be talking to people who are building innovative and interesting projects and companies with a conviction and a passion to ultimately build these to advance the kingdom of God here on earth. And today I am excited to introduce you to probably my favorite online writer this year who writes under the alias Prophet, and that is Prophet with a zero, or he goes by the name Theo Futurist on Twitter. His substack, theofuturism.substack.com, is honestly such a delight to read every week, and I'm really excited to get to share this conversation I had with him. In this conversation, we talk about why the future is Christian and why he thinks Web3 is the printing press. We also talk about his writing process and all the different creative endeavors that he is going after now. To give you kind of a good idea of uh, what he is about and what he writes about, let me just read to you the About Me section, a portion of the About Me section of his substack. He simply says this, Are you a Christian curious about the strange online world of crypto and Web3? Are you a cryptonaut curious about the strange but true reality of Christianity? Are you neither but curious about either? Are you tired of doom scrolling, doomsday prophets, doom and gloom, and just general pessimism surrounding the future? Step this way, friend. I know just the kind of people you should meet. What I love about his writing is that it is deep. He has such a unique voice, and he is so optimistic about the future of faith, of Christianity, of technology, of the internet, and of Web3. So if you're into any of those things, make sure you listen to this conversation uh, with Prophet or Theo Futurist on Twitter. Again, you can find his Substack on theofuturism.substack.com. And uh, this is a great conversation. So enjoy it. And we will see you next week. Well, I'm here with Prophet. With, uh, I got to say, man, you, I don't want to give like, I don't want to say favorite, but I would say you are like definitely top five internet writers, people who are, um, man, I think just on the forefront and talking about things that I wish more people talked about. So, uh, thanks for, thanks for chatting with me tonight, man. This is, this is attempt number two at this, by the way, we tried to do this a couple of months ago (laughs) and, uh, we had audio issues. Uh, but but regardless of the audio issues, good. even if there's audio issues tonight, we're releasing this. We're, we're we're putting this episode out into the world. So you just have, they'll just have to deal with my terrible audio. You're incredibly kind, and like I just want to like <laughs> it's. I just I'll, I'm just gonna keep saying this consistently because we had like a really fun chat, and it's a bummer that we're not gonna be able to get it out. But like this is I'm I'm still very much at the stage where this is so fun. And every time something like this happens, it's just a massive like surprise mm-hmm. and and delight for me. It's like when it happens, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm getting to like do a thing like this. So I'm I'm like honestly, this is very very fun for me. Thank you so much, like seriously. And um, the whole thing with the writing too, kind of happened like was not I did not expect it to 
go this far. <laughs> I, I honestly, you know, this is the longest term writing project that I've ever had in my life. This is the most consistent I've ever been with a project like this, honestly, at all. So to have it get to this point where people actually found out that I was doing it was not what I expected to happen. So it's it's honestly all been a blessing. And like, I'm so excited that people read any of it and say, this is cool or helpful to me. Like, that's just still, whenever somebody says that, I'm like, oh my goodness, it, it makes my day. So I really appreciate that. Man, well, I think, it, I think it speaks to um, your gifting, you know? And I think it speaks to when you have something to say and you um, embrace that, right? Um, people pay attention. And uh, I, just, I just remember coming across, I think, I, I, I think we talked about this last time, the first piece I ever read that you wrote, I think was a response to uh, something that Packy, Packy McCormick wrote. And uh, maybe we'll talk about that a bit later. And I want to talk, yeah. I want to talk all things. I want to talk um, this Reformers NFT project you're a part of, which we're going to have Steven on here very soon. The three of us, we're going to talk like fully, yeah. fully into that because I think that is... Um, Sure. Such a cool, such a cool project. And the, the more that I do this, the, the more excited I am to find just people from like all different streams of uh, this thing called Christianity that are like really doing interesting stuff that are like working across denominations, across, um, uh, I don't even know how to say it, like church preference style styles, even sort of some of like theo like theological differences to, I don't know, honestly, really sure. like explore some of this stuff. So, but let's, let's start from the beginning. So you have a sub stack. How long ago did you start this? It's called, yes. it's called Theofuturism. It's theofuturism.substack.com. And, and you write about a lot of stuff, predominantly web three and crypto. Is it, is that, Wrong of me to say that that's predominantly what you're writing about. Um, I think I definitely started out with Web3 and crypto stuff and I'm still I still mention it often because it's still top of my thoughts mm -hmm. constantly. Um, I'd say now I'm trying to write about what do I say? I can remember even what my silly tagline was when I started out. I, it's my my idea with the with it, the, the theo futurism thing is like I want to I want to be talking about the future. And I want to be talking about the future from a Christian perspective and from an optimistic perspective. Mm -hmm. And I kind of believe that those things should be redundant. Mm -hmm. I feel like as a believer, if you're talking about what's going to come up, we read the end of the book. So we know like that Jesus wins, right? And so therefore we should be excited. We should be looking at what's coming up and saying, how can we use technology? How can we use what's going to happen in culture? All these things. These are things that are given to us. Like they're tools that we can use to carry the gospel forward. And so because I kind of, I believe that I'm very like serious about that. Then the way I wanted to write was like, Hey, whether I'm writing about web three and crypto or whether I'm writing about culture or art, or, you know, I've got a thing on the substack of a piece that I'm writing that I'm trying to slowly do. That's about just beauty. Like what is mm. the idea of beauty? Where does that come from? Mm. How do we know what that is? How can we point at it? And so that's not a very like, web3 idea but at the same time it, it matters for web3 because a lot of web3 is art and mm -hmm. how do we how do we say what is good or beautiful in something right and and as christians we have a way to do that right and so no matter what i'm writing about i kind of want to bring it back to that idea the central idea for me is like we're christians we live in you know capital f the future <laughs> right like from any of us growing up, this was what this was the future. A lot of the things that are happening are were crazy from our point of yep. view. And so what do we do is kind of the, mm. the 
I guess what I'm trying to try to talk about. Now, I want to I want to touch on something that you just brought up because it's a it's a reoccurring theme. So um, Jake and I, who is my partner in this, and we do another podcast called the Vast Podcast, and we've um, we we recorded four episodes last week, and there was this theme of like beauty and reenchantment that kept coming back up into every conversation when we were talking about the future of the church. And um, I think I think we've gotten really heavy, at least on our end, of um, theology and worldview, and, and all of that is great. But um, I think that there's an opportunity to display and show real beauty um, in the world that we live in now, especially... Um, under the banner of the Christian faith. So I don't know, man, talk about that. Like, like not to give up this whole piece that you're writing, but um, what does beauty have to do with the Christian faith? Why is it important that we uh, as believers um, look to things like beauty and the future and uh, want to talk about them and um, lean into those as, as themes in, in so what like, I believe? Not to get, not to get like adversarial, but like, theology because i understand what you're saying yep. right? you're saying like okay we've we've gotten into all the dry stuff and now we kind of need to zoom out a little bit and and go into more of the joy and like and the yeah i can see where you're coming from but to me those things are beauty is a theological question do you see what i'm saying yeah. that like it, it, it goes together like it shouldn't i don't think it's right and i understand why we have done that but we shouldn't pit those things against each other if you are a christian and you have a christian worldview if you theologically believe as a Christian that God created the world, then that you are looking for beauty in the world because you know where it comes from. You know how to define it. You understand what the you understand the what the world was originally meant to be and the concept of enchantment. And therefore, you know how to re-enchant the world. That all comes from the Christian worldview, right? So I think to me, part of the problem, and I grew up, right? I was a kid of the 90s. And, and so I grew up in the, like, I think the original, I guess what I would call like when we discovered worldview with yep. a capital W yep. and we were kind of taking, we were try, trying to use it as like a tool for the culture wars, which is not all bad. I don't think, I know that it's like very trendy to like hate on that now. And I, I also have some struggles with it, but look, I grew up with it. I, it meant that I knew philosophy and philosophy is a very important thing to know if you want to create beauty, like philosophical you have to come from a philosophical place to understand that. And, and as a Christian, these things should be what our bread and butter. We should know what we believe philosophically and theologically, of course. But then that's supposed to produce something in us, right? It's supposed to do something. And I think what we're seeing now is a culture. What I kind of want to write about is we've got a culture that doesn't know what to point at and say, this is beautiful because they've taken away from themselves the tools to define what is beauty and what is not. And we have those, right? And I'm a massive, I mean, you've read uh, a piece I've already wrote, uh, the the Dreaming Spires piece. Um, th that whole thing was to me about like, look, we, we have all the tools already. And we have generations of believers who have done this, who have looked at the world around them and said, something's wrong. We need to, uh, there's something that I want that the Lord has put in my heart that we need to fix. And we can pattern ourselves off them and do what they did. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. We can look back at these people that we respect and we love and, and we don't have to despair and say, oh, you know, it was easy for them, but for us, it's different. It's not different. We, we look out at the world, we see what's broken and we say, okay, Lord, 
you've put something in my heart that's important and it's come from it comes from your word. You've given me everything pertaining to life and godliness, the Bible says, right? And I have that in God's word. So that means that I can look at the world and if I see something broken, I should I know how to fix it. And that's it. That's a hey, I already have the tools that I need, right? I can look at art and I can say, well, that doesn't seem truthful. That seems like it's not reflecting God's character or just not reflecting the character of the world. That that art is unmoored from the philosophical concept of truth. Well, I can fix it. I can make art that's connected to what is truth and beauty because I, I understand what those are. In fact, sometimes I understand them innately just because I have a Christian worldview and, and I don't, there's some things I don't even have to think about. I just say, yeah, I kind of know what that should be because because the Lord has put that in me, right? So yeah, it's like, I, I think that's a big part of, I agree that that's a big part of what I see the Lord doing in the church right now is hopefully, Lord willing, you know, and, and credit to and thankfulness to our fathers and grandfathers who through the 60s and 70s and 80s drilled into us this idea that we cannot just, you can't just sell out on theology. You can't just sell out. You can't compromise on ideas and thought. So now that they, hopefully we have that foundation, what are we going to do with it? Right. What do, and I think one of the things I want to see us do as a church is, Hey, like, I think it's enough. I think it's time for us to make things <laughs> that are good, not just that are, like good in quality, but also good, morally good in every potential way. And, and things that, that end up glorifying the Lord and beautifying my pastor talks about the idea of beautifying the gospel, meaning not not that you're you're not making something just for the sake of making it, but you're you're adorning the truth and and showing it in a way that makes it winsome to people. Um, and some of the people that I most think about in terms of people that I try and pattern myself off of, believers, you know, Lewis is is a formative person for me. Uh, and and one of the things I think about Lewis's writing is that he's he's so captivated by the truth that he's trying to represent it to you in a way that makes it emotionally like spiritually compelling to you that you want the thing that he wants you to want the thing that god wants you to want and that's you know if you read any of his stuff you know i'm just finishing surprised by joy which somehow i never read and that's all through there even though it's just kind of like his biography and um it's in, you know, his kids stuff in Narnia. It's in the, the space trilogy, all that stuff. He's he's trying to help you want rightly. And I think that's a huge, you know, that's a project that we don't have to just leave behind. Like it's it's something we always want to keep doing is, hey, our culture is all about making you want wrongly. And as as believers, we know what what it is right to how to want, how to how to love. Like these are all things that the Lord teaches us, and we can we can write about that, we can talk about it, and sing about it, and do all that stuff. You know? mm -hmm. So where does where does Web three and crypto fit into creating something beautiful? Because I think I think a lot of people now they they hear the term crypto, they hear the term Web three, they hear about an NFT. And they they sort of either roll their eyes, or they think of it as this this just like straight up like capitalistic um, investment vehicle, right? Um, so maybe talk to me like I don't know like how did you get into sort of this world of Web three and crypto? How did you kind of stumble into it? What made you want to start writing about it, and why do you think it's important? Um, that Christians contribute to this 
uh, to this world? So, like, all that kind of happened all at once, right? So I started the Twitter account in July of last year. Um, and I, I at the time, I was like, I just want to start, I just want to start finding a way to talk about even if it's just in tweets to talk about the things that are on my heart about you know how a christian should be in the future and i started and it was very man if you think some of my stuff is pretentious now <laughs> i should delete some of the old tweets man but um it was it was just kind of like all oh, just really over the top and whatever right and um but i was starting out some somewhere and that was good and then right about that time maybe a couple months after that i started really getting into I just kind of fell down the rabbit hole. I'd always been aware of crypto in general. And I, you know, I had, I maybe held a little bit of like the old, like the classic, classic stuff, right? But nothing more than that. And I really started getting, becoming a lot more aware, reading a lot more. And it all kind of happened at once. So I started, I said, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm going to start investing seriously. And I'm going to try and do it in like this slow way where I'm going to say, look, I'm going to buy a couple of coins consistently. But I'm not going to think I'm not going to trade. I'm, I'm just pulling the trigger every month and I'm doing this on, on stuff that I have high conviction in over a massively long time horizon. So I started buying, you know, Bitcoin. I started buying Ethereum. Then I said, well, like this is right. You know, I'm, I'm in the fall and this is really I missed, you know, NFTs. Right. Massively. Like by the time I got into NFTs, I was late. OK, but I saw NFTs starting to happen. And I said, and for some reason, and this is like all of this stuff, the Lord was doing a lot of interesting stuff in my life all at once. Like basically I, I got on Discord, I found the Soaring 20s Social Club, which is where, you know, a amazing kind of community of people. And they're, they're all really about like the idea of making art, not content. Like how do you make something that's good, that's, that's actually meaningful? How do you be yourself? and write something you really believe in. And so the Substack came out of literally a person on there, hi Betsy, <laughs> but the, the a person on there kind of challenging me and I had written some just really whatever stuff on Medium under my name and, and it was just kind of like really classically boring like productivity content. And she read it and was like, this is fine and I can tell you're a writer, but you don't believe this, like write something that you believe in, which was like number one and it's a very bold criticism and I'm very thankful to her, but like, also like totally i was like okay like challenge accepted and like i started the substack like after that i was like all right and i started saying whatever i write from here on out i'm gonna write something i believe in and the first thing i wrote about was my experience with the crypto dads uh nft project which is like one of the first projects i got involved in and i i went from i minted i got whitelist on the project and minted three of them and within a couple weeks i had paper value that was like 10 sometimes or more what, what I had put in. And I've, I had never experienced anything like that in my life investing. Like I've, I've always been in a very cautious kind of like, we're going to invest this, we're going to wait for a while. I, it's just kind of my personality. And I think it, it's just the wise way to do things. And I was sitting there and I was, I was like trying to think about, I felt guilty in a way, because I was like, this is like, I didn't work for this, you know? And, and there's a sense, I think sometimes that we grew up with in like American culture, where it's like, you, you, you work for it and you earn it. And I just was sitting there and I kept thinking about the, that parable that Jesus taught where he said, you know, the three people that come to the vineyard and some of them work for a long time, some work for no time and they all get the same pay. And he's saying like, listen, like I, I my father gets to do this. You, it's, it's by grace. And if I'm trying to think something out, I have to write usually. So I just, I sat down and wrote this essay about like, 
what that means, why, why crypto helps us realize that the money that we make is from the Lord. It's not from our effort necessarily. Does effort matter? Absolutely. Work hard. The Bible says that. But at the end of the day, you're being blessed. Anything you have, the Lord is giving you. And, and for me, that the Lord used that. Like spiritually, the Lord taught me, like, listen, you, you stumbled, like you were on Twitter and somebody posted a graphic about upcoming, you know, projects. And I can barely even remember how I wound up. You know what I mean? It's like, how did I make this friend on Twitter? Like nobody remembers. And, and so I, I saw this graphic that somebody posted. I said, oh, that's an interesting project. I wound up in the Discord. I just happened to be early enough that I could get whitelisted, you know, and now here we are. What did I do to earn that? Like nothing. Like I was in the right place and I was willing to take a risk and trust that the Lord had put me in that place for a reason. And that's it. And once I started thinking about that, in that way, once I became open to the idea that crypto couldn't, it could be something more than just an investment vehicle, right? It, it, and because the Lord, and I really believe that like, there isn't a part of our life that isn't spiritual, right? If we're Christians, there isn't our, here's my life. And then here's my spiritual life. And I, I didn't, I got that from Lewis, right? The, what's the, uh, I'm going to butcher the quote, but like if in the sense that every vocation can be considered spiritual a man weeding a field of turnips is performing a holy calling or mm -hmm. something like that mm -hmm. right like and the I separation just, of the I sacred and that, the like, secular but, right yeah 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 and i just you know and that's not you know shoot i mean my parents raised me with that it's like my dad ran a business and he ran that business the way that he would want you know to to act in the church like and some people from the church worked for him and they were treated in that business the way that he would treat them in the church you know like I was just, that was, that to me is, that's how the Lord calls us to act. There isn't anything that we, sh we, the box, we don't have a box in Christianity that we put our life in. Like Christianity is your life, the, you know, the, right? It's all of it. So, okay. The Lord has blessed me with some resources that I feel like I should invest. How do I do that in a way that spiritually is, is a blessing to me and, and blesses my family and is, is glorified to the Lord. And so once I started being open to that, I started I'm a historical person. My only real degree or training is in history. So I started thinking, well, where have I, where have we seen this before as the church? And the connection that I always draw for people, I have it on the bio is like, look, this is crypto is to <laughs> right now as the printing press was to the reformation. Mm. Like this is a technology that we didn't invent that came out of just the, the world, but there's going to be some people if, if we're blessed by the Lord that recognize that this has the same amount of potential. That if we use this in, in a gospel-centered way, we could do things, you know, the Lord could use us to do things for the kingdom that could be completely asymmetrically important <laughs> to the amount of like, you know, to, to what we think we could do with it. Just like the printing press, right? Where you, you see guys like Luther and stuff where they re realize, hey, this is a tool that is going to allow me to disseminate information at asymmetric scale. Like I, I have this much leverage now where I can print something and my words, my ideas, my philosophy will impact many, many, many more people than they used to be able to. And crypto is that asymmetric leverage to make money, which by the way, is not like a, that's not a morally neutral thing that could be bad, but it also could be good. Right? Like, you know, like the, I, I believe that if the Lord blesses a number of believers who get wealthy off of cryptocurrency, that doesn't have to be a bad thing. It depends on, it depends on your attitude towards that and whether you receive that as a blessing from the Lord and then dispose of it in the way the Lord would want you to. Um, if, but it's not just that, right? I mean, the investment stuff is honestly, I don't think we have any idea 
and I'm like, I'm, I'm obviously I, my, my kind of shtick is that I'm optimistic, but like, I'm just fine being bearish on so many parts of crypto right now that are just toys, right? Like I'm going to hold NFTs, but I don't hold NFT, like 95% of NFT projects are going to go to zero. I guarantee it. Like, you know, like most DeFi projects are going to disappear. Mo like all that stuff is just, we're so early. Yeah, we are in the, it, we're, we're in the, yeah, we're in the wild west, right? It, it's still the wild west and, and we're still seeing what's going to prove out and what's not, but that's part of the fun of it. Right. I mean, I mean, that's part of what's enjoyable about it. And I think I keep going back to why should believers not be right in the middle of it? You know what I mean? And, and not in a sense of just trying to make some kind of a land grab or secure the bag in a sense of, you know, some sort of like, you know, some sort of like bait and switch, but in the legitimate belief that there is that there is a massive corner of the sandbox that is going to be reserved for this kind of stuff in the future. And so as believers, instead of rolling our eyes and saying, well, this is this is just something that people do on the internet um, or, or, or trying to talk about things like the metaverse, like we're just going to, you know, put a church service on there. Like I, I just, I, I think it's easy to dismiss, but I think what I appreciate about your perspective is that you look at it and you write about it in an optimistic way, but not in a naive way, if that makes sense. Oh, cool. Good. Then I'm, then I'm, then I'm maybe try, I'm maybe doing what I'm trying to do. Um, <laughs> Here's the thing, like a big part of what I wanted to do with the, with the project is I got involved in the space hard. Like I started getting excited. I was buying projects. I was in, you know, NFTs and looking at DeFi stuff and I was all over the place and I didn't meet anybody that thought about it like me, right? Like every, and, and if you get involved in crypto, it's a fun environment. It's vibey and everybody's having a great time and that's fun, right? But I wasn't meeting anybody who was looking at it from a believer's perspective, I wasn't, and it was just because it was just hard to find them. I know they're out there. I mean, I'm meeting more and more of them now because it's kind of like my stock and trade. And also I'm like now through the reformers project and through different things. Like I'm, I'm, we're kind of, that's the whole point is we want to kind of make a little collecting point for us. But I wasn't seeing anybody who was like, Hey, I made too much money. And I haven't made too much money, by the way. It's, Hey, guess what? <laughs> paper, paper wealth doesn't mean anything. Right, right. <laughs> either, either you take profits or you don't make money. So, but I'm just saying like, I'm not trying to flex. But what I mean is like, I hadn't seen anybody being like, Hey, what happens if I make a lot of money? How do I glorify the Lord with that? That wasn't the questions I was getting seen, you know, talked about on, on web three Twitter. And I kind of realized, well, hold up a second. Like this is a mission field. You know what I mean? And I don't mean to make a pretentious way. I I believe really strongly that if you're yourself, like if you are yourself and you don't cheat people or lie about who you are, then you can just be a missionary wherever you are, right? I mean, I'm I'm in the soaring 20s and I'm, I'm saying all this, expecting that some of those people will come over here and listen to this. They know exactly who I am, like to the point, you know, where I don't, I don't, I kind of stopped making the disclaimers anymore. Like they know, like th this is, this is the attitude that I approach everything with. And hopefully they respect that. And they, and they do like, they're very kind and like understanding of, Hey, this is where I come from. And I think they respect that more because I'm honest and I don't try and bait and switch. And same thing on the Twitter. I, I kind of wanted to be like, look, I want to be the bridge that's bringing believers into the web three world. And I want to be, I'll hope that the Lord can use me to be the bridge that's introducing people in crypto to Christianity in a way that isn't you know, weird right. <laughs> and cringy, but also I'm 
just fine with being strange to people. I think that's part of the fun is like being yourself so hard that people are like, what the heck is with this, right? Like you're, this is very strange. And I like to, I think the it's, to me, it's, it's really fun. And the Lord gives you this huge gift to just be yourself and say, yep. no, this is really what I think. I really do think all this stuff. And then you get these cool questions and you get to have conversations with people about everything. And you wouldn't get to have that conversation if you soft pedaled. Right. And so by trying to just be out there and sit, have a voice that was a little different to what I was reading anywhere, right? I think the Lord has allowed me to like just double and triple down on that in a way that's been really, it's made it a lot easier than if I was trying to, I guess, market myself in a way. I don't right. know if that makes sense. Right. Like this is kind of a big thing that I learned from the, the social club guys and gals is like from very early on, they kind of were pushing, pushing everybody like, hey, like, don't think about who is going to read this. Think about like, what is, what do I think? What do I believe? What, it's like, what is um, in my heart to do and to say? Yeah. Well, it's like, I, I, I've used this analogy before in different episodes. Did you watch the show Mad Men by chance? I haven't. No, I'm kind of familiar, but I haven't, seen, I haven't watched it through. Yeah. So there's this, there's this scene in Mad Men where Don Draper, who's the creative director is getting, he's, he's gotten together right. with all of his copywriters and he's reading all the ads that they've written. They were, they were, you know, they're on this big project and they all stayed at the office over the weekend and he comes in and they start pitching him all the different ideas, right? You know, it's for like, I think it was for like Pan Am airlines or whatever it was. And he reads all the different, he reads all the different pitches. And he kind of just looks up, he, he reads it, he looks up, he looks at all of them and he just says, I've told you a million times, stop writing for other writers, right? And essentially what he's saying to them is like, stop trying to write for the approval of uh, the, the advertising community that's going to see this ad because that's not what's going to sell the product, right? right? Um, and I think that's kind of exactly what what you're saying in many ways is like, I can't, uh, you, you can't create what it is that you want to create so that you get some sort of affirmation from the other people in the space, right? You are just trying to um, translate somehow what's on the inside of you and what God has put inside of you uh, and put it out into the world, right? D does that make sense? Like, like, am I? Yes, it does. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's a hundred percent. And this is like, this is the biggest thing I've learned, right? Is the stuff that I'm, if I'm being artificial or if I'm forcing something or if I'm, if I'm sitting there and coming up with like, well, what do I think? Like, look, this did well and people read yes. that. So I should do more right. of that. Like, look, that's the quickest way to just become somebody that I wouldn't want to read. Like the people that like, think about the people that you read online. Are they the people that are the most similar even to you or what you think? No, they're the people that are the, like, you talked about Packy. Yep. Everybody reads Packy because no one else reads like Packy. Like exactly, Packy is Packy is fun right. and weird and off the wall, right? And incredibly, and, and he has like the, almost unprofessional. Exactly, he has the courage to say, "I'm about to write this piece, and I don't really know what I'm talking about. I'm just learning this alongside of you." And, 100%. and you, you know, when someone's exactly like, I mean, he'll start off a newsletter saying, I know there's probably way more experts reading this that are way smarter than me, but here's my perspective. And he kind of just throws it out there at the beginning and it, it, it makes you want to listen to what he has to say because he doesn't care what you think, you know? And not only that, but like he's, you can tell there's a certain, and obviously there's a certain amount of like artifice to anything that you write, sure. right? Like I'm not a hundred percent like what I'm writing. Nobody is, but I'm pretty, it's pretty much who I am. Like I, I try really hard not to, not to pretend 
and you know except for the obvious stuff but like uh, i think that just the, one of the biggest takeaways really early on that i realized is like look i'm gonna have the most fun and i'm probably gonna write the best stuff if i'm just being who the lord made me to be and not trying to be other people yep. or write like other people or write about what other people write and so like honestly that's why i've probably as as i've gone on i've probably niched down less than at the beginning like, I mean, you've kind of seen, right? My stuff recently, I'm all over the place now. I'm writing, I've got, and, and I kind of, I actually broke out of the, just the big kind of essay type stuff. Cause I said, well, I can't write one of those every week all the time. And sometimes I want to write a book review or a, a, a more shorter practical thing. And I'm kind of getting to the point now where I just want to be whatever I feel like the Lord has got me thinking about whatever I'm reading, whatever I'm listening to, that's what I want to be able to write about. And I want whoever's reading me to be excited about that. Not excited about, yeah, do like player hits, write another piece about crypto. Like I'm going to keep writing about crypto, but that's because that's what is on my heart to write about, you know? And, and I think the people that I'm most excited to read when I get their sub stack or when I, I see their YouTube thing pop up, it's people that are being relentlessly themselves. They're, they're insisting on like, this. Is, are you jamming with this? Because if so, come on. And if not, it's okay, but this is what it's going to be. It's going to be whatever makes me weird, not what makes me like everybody else. Right. You know? So I want to I wanna like drill that into that for a second, because I think, I, I think, you know, we talk a lot about in what we're building this idea of, and this is a really crass way to say it, but I haven't figured out another way to say it yet. So forgive me. But the, I'm, I'm obsessed with this idea of the the middle class, the creator economy middle class, right? People who we are coming off of a couple of years where I think this sort of like celebrity voice, celebrity Christian, celebrity pastor idea. Um, there's an entire generation of people who just don't want to hear that anymore. And I am so convinced that there is this middle class of creator that has a perspective and a voice and is building an audience that is uniquely fit to care what it is that they have to say. Does that make sense? And I think that yes. you are on the, you know, when I kind of sort of like discovered you via Twitter, um, it, it was almost sort of like, oh, he's he's the model for what it is that I've been trying to put into words. And that is that somebody who is not trying to necessarily build a platform, not trying to necessarily build some sort of following, but who is simply approaching the conversation and saying, I just want to say what it is I feel like God has put inside of me. And if you like it, great. If not, no worries. But I'm not going to be what I think everybody else wants me to be. I'm going to talk about what it is that I feel like God's put on my heart to to talk about. Um, and I think that we are moving into, you know, your whole Substack is about the future. And I think one of the biggest things about the future of the way we talk about faith, especially online, is this idea of this uh, creator that's like middle class of the creator economy. People who say, you know what, it may be 50 people, it may be 150 people, it may be 1,000 people, but there's a group of people out there that want my perspective, that want my voice, and that want to hear what it is that I have to say. So maybe just talk about like, what what got you to the place where, because I think, let's let me back up. There's a lot of people that are listening who desire to put stuff out into the world whether that's writing, whether that's a podcast, whether that's a, a devotional, whether that's a business, you name it. How have you balanced that? God's put something in me and I want to share what that is to the world with, 
I'm just going to try and build a platform for myself. Cause that's a really, it, it's a fine line to walk in this confidence of yes. it, it's like what, you know, what Paul says to Timothy in second Timothy, he says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Right. And, and part of what he's saying to Timothy is like, Hey, just be who you are and be confident in that. Right. I think that's what I love about what you do yeah. is you seem very confident in the voice that God has given you and the lane that he's asked you to run in. So I don't know, man, maybe just talk about like what that journey has been like for you. What is that process like you write and you create? And at least I don't get the idea that you're trying to just build a platform for platform's sake, but that you have a deep conviction about what it is that you're putting out into the world. So I don't know, man, maybe just talk about that. Like what's that process been like? Where does the conviction come from? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I 100% agree with the whole like middle class take like, yes. Like, because there's nothing less fun than making something and nobody except your mom reading it. I love you, mom, but like, you know, <laughs> right? right. But there's also, there's also nothing grosser in my mind than only putting things out for market. And I think it's especially bad if you're saying, this is what I believe, but the way that I'm going to do it is going to be a purely business mentality. I, I kind of believe strongly that like, look. Paul says, like, I'm not, I'm not prostituting the gospel out. <laughs> like, I'm not here, like, saying, right. please, please, won't you take, like, no, like, this is, this is, and I'm not even, like, in this capacity right here, what I'm doing is not even purely ministry. I mean, I'm, I, I like, again, anything that I write, I want to write exactly what I believe, but especially if you're, look, if you're a minister and you're, you know, in my daytime work, I work at a nonprofit and I work in a church, like, what I do there, especially, I am not doing this for you to like it. I'm mm -hmm. doing this because it's what I have to say. Like, this is what the Lord has put in my heart and it's burning in me to say. And I hope and I pray that this is something that you come to and you say yes. And the Holy Spirit does that work and you respond to it. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to cut it back to, to make that happen. And, and I'm concerned that I think a lot of times, especially in the creator space, right? We get into things with the wrong motives and it's very subtle, right? But the pride is a big deal. And you, you get into it with this hope that like, look, at the back of your mind, and I, I deal with this every every time I open up Substack and look at stats, in the back of your mind is like, well, why am I not famous yet? And man, like, look, let me just tell you, if you're here to get famous, like, is that glorifying to the Lord? Like, is that, is that, who who are you about, right? And and I've, I, I'm sharing this like from a place of like, I am realizing how deep in me that is. Mm -hmm. Sure. And, and so you have to, be ruthless with yourself and you have to be able to put yourself in front of the Lord and say, Lord, like you have to be creating out of obedience. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You have to be at the place. I mean, I was at the place where I realized I was writing stuff and I, I mean, somebody, like I said, somebody confronted me and I was realizing like, I'm not being obedient to the Lord. Mm. I'm creating stuff that doesn't, anybody could write. And if that's what I'm doing, then am I, am I obeying the Lord? I don't think so. Cause the Lord put me in a place and gave me people to listen to me and said, Put things in my heart and if i'm creating something else that isn't attached to that then i'm not being obedient mm -hmm. and so at the end of the day i have to i tr i try really hard and i ask you know I, I pray that what i'm writing is something that when i'm finished and i hit send i can at least say that was what i was supposed to write that was what the lord had put on my heart i believe that there's nothing in there that i feel like i changed or put in or took out because it would read better or somebody would it wouldn't offend this person or it, it would get me a bigger reach over here and it Genuinely, if I can do that and then I just send it and we see what happens, 
what's weird, first of all, is that people actually recognize that you're being honest yep. and you're going to lose the big, massive audience because you're not, you haven't sanded off all the rough edges. It's not totally, it's not cookie cutter. And therefore you will not have, you're denying yourself mass following. And you just have to be okay with that. Look, like, first of all, I don't, I haven't built mass following because I'm not good at it. I don't have the skills. I don't have the understanding. So it's not because I'm so principled. It's because I, I, <laughs> I don't know what to do. But even if I did, right, even if I went out and downloaded the guides and started cranking out right. Twitter threads did the whole and thing. all that yep. stuff, like, sure, you could do that. But look, this is what I'm making. Like, this is a lot of my time that I put into this and I want to be happy with it. I want to be proud of it and put it in front of the Lord and say, Lord, like, I, I want the Lord to say, well done. And just like with ministry or whatever, if less people see it, but I, I think it's better then cool, you know, and I think in order to like, what I'm doing is not hard to do, honestly, like if it was hard to do, I wouldn't be able to do it. It's just the, 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 the step that I took that was really hard for me was being willing to be humble and put something out into the world that was actually a part of me that like cost me something to put down because it was like vulnerable and open and personal and like real. And I actually slid that out into the world before it was good enough to really put out into the mm. world. And I hit send. And then I said, I'm going to do this next week. Expect me to do this next week. That's all that it is. Like it's the, it's actually the easiest thing. You just have to tell yourself, look, I'm not going to wait until it's perfect. I'm not going to wait until more people are looking at it. I'm not going to save my best stuff for later. I'm going to like full send on this, this week. And I'm going to be honest. And I'm going to be upfront. And the Lord is going to be in charge of who sees it. And then I'm going to start thinking about next week and I'm going to start reading and praying and, and getting into what I'm going to do next week. And, you know, that's what being to me, that's what being a middle class creator is, is like you're not relying on and a big part of it is that I'm not relying on this for my paycheck. And that's a very that's a very, well, which is great because that wouldn't be right. Idea, right. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, Thank God. You know, uh, you know <laughs> but um, that's incredibly freeing. You know, we've got this there's this dialogue with the creator thing about like you got to be getting this to be your full time yep. gig shoot, that's a lot of liberty if you can have that, but it also could be a trap, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you step away and you say, I, I'm committed to this, then then you have to now preserve that audience. This is a constant thing we talk about the social club. You have to preserve that audience. And now you're a slave. You're producing something that the audience wants to consume right. and you're doing it over and over and over again so that they stay. And if you stop, they're going to leave. Look, if I make an essay tomorrow that's about what none of my subscribers want to read, and and half of them leave, they're free subscribers. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Right. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna hurt my pride, but I'm free to do what the Lord puts on my heart, and I'm not. It's not gonna hurt my family. And there's a massive amount of freedom in the side gig thing that I think we're like looking down on because it's not this path that we've been told we have to be on, like towards this mm -hmm. is your only employment. Right. And I don't know, like. To me, there's a massive, to me, what the creator middle class means is I, this is my hobby. Like, I don't, you know, I've kind of, I've let go of some other hobbies. This is my hobby. This is what I do when I have some free time. I'm, I'm looking at this as a fun thing and I want it to be something I can be excited about, not something I dread. And, and that makes you inst almost instantly the creator middle class because I, I don't have to worry now about bringing people right. in and getting them excited about it. I don't mm -hmm. have to obsess over marketing. I don't have to do any of that. I can just. Literally, I can just have fun and please the Lord and, and let's see what happens. And honestly, like better stuff happens because of that, I think. Does that, I, I don't know if that answers any of your questions. No, that's, no, that's great. Talk to me. Well, I, I love that because you, you know, you talk about it being a hobby 
and it's a hobby, but just as much as as it's a hobby, it's a conviction. Now, it, it it's a conviction because it's something sure. you really care about, right? So it's you know it's eight thirty my time Pacific time. It's ten thirty ten thirty for you. You have um, you got a wife, multiple children. How many children do you have? Three kids. Three kids. Okay, so you got a wife. You got yeah. three kids. It's 1030 where you are, you, you know, you have responsibility, you serve at church, you serve at a nonprofit, you have a full life. What is, um, what does your process look like? Like, when do you write? Like, when do you come up with this stuff? Do you get up early? Do you stay up late? How, how do you do it all? I'm very, very good at it. And it's because, I, because I'm so I, because I don't want to, I don't, I don't, I don't want to interrupt <laughs> you, but I was texting Steve, you know, I put out on Twitter that you and I were going to talk and. Yes, yes. And, you know, Steven tweeted me and was like, oh, are you guys on right now? I'll jump on. And I was like, no, no, no. He's like, he's getting on an hour from now. And he was like, oh, man. Let me see what he said. He said, um, he said, he said, rip, so late, just finished busy, you know, just finished working. Uh, I'll probably be in bed by then. He said, he said, yeah, let's definitely talk. And then he said, your name. He said, he's a machine, though. It'll be great. Um, so no, he's in his defense. I mean, he's, he's over in Florida. So he, he's, he's cussed. Yeah. It's, 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 it's 1130. Yeah. But I, I mean, all that I to say, to tell you, all that to say, no, you, you have a full life. You have a lot going on. Yes. Um, what's, what's the process like? I would love to tell you that it's just like, I, that it's because of all my discipline and my morning crushing my morning routine yep. and all that stuff. Right. To be honest with you, I, I do wake up early because I have little kids. And so if I want to get anything done, I need to be awake when people are asleep. Mm -hmm. And so is there a discipline associated with it? Sure. But like more than anything, like, look, it's not because I'm good at this. It's it's only because the Lord has like shown me how to do it a certain way. So I, I just get a bunch of blessings from that because I'm being obedient. That's all right. It's just like anything else with the Christian life. If you're obeying, <laughs> you get massive blessings right. for being obedient. So Look, because instead of trying to write something for market that I think will sell, I'm writing something that will not sell. I'm writing for two tiny niche audiences in a Venn diagram, essentially, right? I'm writing kind of half the time to these weird Web3 futuristically inclined people and half the time kind of writing to Christians and I'm half the time writing to both of them at once. And and that is not marketable. <laughs> like, let's just be honest. It's, it's not like, even though Web3 is kind of trendy right now, like it's just... Because I'm doing that and I already know, like I'm writing for my own interests. I'm writing for what I want to read. I'm writing for what's interesting to me. So that means I don't really have to do that much research because this is the stuff that I already read and, and get interested in. This is what I already like to do in my free time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when I sit down to write, I'm already got something cooking because of what I like to write. So there, yep. it's not like I'm, oh, I got to get five hours of extra reading done this week so I can right. get this essay out about this thing it's just kind of a lot more natural because this is what i'm already interested in so by the end you know practically what it looks like is i try and keep a lot of notes about things ahead of time that i might want to do yep and is that so like in a note section in your phone like get practical where do you where do you keep those notes oh yeah um, i'm a big evernote guy okay. um and so i just i basically i have a big old note that's catching all mm -hmm. of the stuff that i'm like you know what that would be fun to do i, I would be excited to write about that and I put anything like that down somewhere. And then that way I have, when I sit down to write, I already kind of know where we're going and I've already got some notes and I already have some structure because I, look, I don't have the luxury. I can't just, you know, bail right. to a writer's cabin for a right. day to make this happen. Right? <laughs> I, I've got a limited amount of time. Mm -hmm. 
And so I basically, towards the end of each week, I'm looking at what's in Evernote and I'm saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then once I'm comfortable with that, that's what we're going to do this week. Mm -hmm. Come Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm trying to rough something out. And most Monday mornings, the sub that goes out on Monday morning and most Monday mornings, I'm up at five, like mm. getting, trying to get it finished. Okay. So it's really, I don't leave, I don't leave myself a lot of leeway, which is not smart, but it's, it's how it works for me. And you know what, depending on the kind of person you are, like, look, the Monday commitment to me helps me. I have, I know there are people that I've kind of promised, like, I'm going to do this. And I try and like, when I feel like not doing it, knowing that I've kind of told people to expect it helps me to be motivated like it tells me hey look you you said you'd do this like you, you can't just wimp out on it now you know and so having the deadline helps and having it be stuff that i'm just excited about like i'm I'm looking you know this will be fun i'll we'll just leak alpha right i've got an essay in here that i've i've sat on for a year and called the future is the future is christian okay and i've had this idea for a while that i wanted to talk about how christians because of all the things that we have to learn and figure out to walk with the Lord, the things the Lord teaches us, we're uniquely prepared to actually handle the stuff that the world is throwing at us right now. We're uniquely prepared to understand non-physical and physical worlds and how they interact, because that's how what we have to do. If you're going to be a Christian, you have to accept the idea that there's a non-physical world and then it matters, right? And therefore, mm -hmm. when you come to crypto, you look at crypto and you say, oh, a non-physical world that matters. Yeah, makes sense. I already think that. <laughs> you know, and and so this is an idea that I had driving around in the car and I'm sitting on it, sitting on it, sitting on it until I'm excited enough about it that I'm going to probably write it in two sittings. And and try and do minimal editing on it. Right. Right. If I obsessed over like, oh, it's got to be perfect, like I would never be able to do this. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing is like I, I'm a big believer in doing things that you actually <laughs> There's a guy that uh, actually had a big influence on me creatively, uh, and he's a content creator on YouTube who does only stuff about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and uh, and he, uh, you know, there's a lot of that on YouTube, and most of it is incredibly boring. And he is an wrote taught me wrote the book on like how to just be himself, and he he just comes at it from his own weird place, and that's what he says. And the one thing that he said about creativity that always stuck with me is he said, you, you have to make the thing that you want the most. You have to, you, you got to look at all your stuff and you got to find the one thing that's your favorite and do it right now. Don't save your favorite thing for later. Don't save the thing you're most excited for for later. Do it like when you're excited about it, because that way you're going to be creating something that you're really excited about and it'll be easier to do. It'll be fun for you to do. And then when you're done with that, go find the next thing that you're really excited about. And so I try and not like, yeah, honestly, I've been sitting on this essay for too long. Like I should have, this should have been something I did earlier because it's something that I'm jazzed about and that I want to talk about. And so I try not to like, I try not to save that stuff. I try and basically just get the next one ready and, and go so that I'm, it's easier to write that way. If it was right. a slog for me, like I would have probably quit a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's great. Um, okay, so before we close, uh, give me, I want to talk about two things. First of all, give me a, yeah. and again, like I said, we're going to bring Steven on, the three of us are going to chat, but give me like a brief overview yes. of this like Reformers NFT project because, and I was telling Steven this last night, to me, it is like the perfect application, like initial application in this space 
for believers. Like everything about it from the branding to the way uh, you guys are talking about it to all of it. It was just like, it was, like I say, I bought two NFTs. I bought a golf NFT, the LinksDAO NFT. And then, and then I, I saw this one. I knew I had to to buy it. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. That's, um, that's cool. I didn't even know that. That's and, awesome. um, I don't know, man, like where did this come from? Just give me like a brief overview again. We're going to do a longer episode, you know, in the next couple of weeks on, on that. Um, but like, I love it, man. Just give us, give us the, give us the overview. All credit to, honestly, all credit to, to Steven. Like mm -hmm. by the time he talked to me about this project, a lot of this was already like, he had already kind of incubated all this in his mind. It was like, this is what I'm excited about. He had art, like he had all this stuff that he was like already jazzed about. And he kind of reached out to me because we are kind of Twitter friends and we've, we had worked together on an essay that like, Tim Challies was kind enough to publish on his blog, which was like a huge thing for me. I mean, like that was a massive deal for me. It like doubled my subscribers in one day. It was like a huge deal, right? And we were, we co-wrote that with a, a guy named Reagan Rose. Yeah, and, I'm interviewing um, him for the podcast, I think next week. Awesome, yeah. Reagan is mm -hmm. sweet. So like, so yeah, like I, I met Steven and we had talked about stuff and he had basically, he reached out to me and said, can you help me with like content type stuff for this project? And I said, yeah, well, like, what are you doing? And he told me about it. And I went from like, man, I've got a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know, like I kind of saw like, dude, I'm busy. Yep. And then he kind of explained what he was doing. And I was like, I just like, I, I need to be involved in this because it's like everything that I wish existed when I started in the space. Like there needs to be a phone book for who the other believers are so that you can go and find them and get excited about what they're doing and like know who they are and talk to them. And there's nothing like that that I've found. And I apologize if there's some person out there who's like, I'm making that like get in touch with yeah. me. I want to find Yeah, hit us up. Like, yeah. But it's hard for me to find. So so we were like, we wanted to make that. We wanted to make a central space and not to take from people. We want to give that to people. We want to like be a place where all the other projects can come and just jam together and like, work on things together and collaborate on things. And like, we just want to provide the room where people do that. You know what I mean? We don't want to take other people's audience or doing that stuff. We want to be the person who's giving, giving to the space. And in order to do that, like he came up with this idea of like, what if we had a project where the idea wasn't a PFP that you were going to flip to make money, which everybody says now, but like genuinely, like, look, we're expecting that people are going to buy these and just hold them to be part of the community. We yep. want to be closer to like a, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Shiny Object Social Club or something mm -hmm, like that. Like mm -hmm. we want to be closer to that, where the idea is you're look, you're not selling this. You're you're staking some, putting some money down to help this community grow. And in exchange, you're getting entree into something that's unique and community oriented, where you're just going to be hanging out with people that are just as excited about this as you. And that's kind of, that was what he started talking about. And I was like, well, this is, I just, this is what I want to do. <laughs> like I would want to be part of this, even yeah. if you weren't letting me write for it, I would just want to be there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, his idea, it's basically the idea is we're trying to provide a community space, including for people who aren't holders. Like that's a big thing that we kind of started talking about early is look, like we understand the, the price point for this is a little bit above what a typical like starter NFT would be. And so we want to provide something for people who aren't able to be there yet. Like we, we want to provide, hopefully you can participate in whatever you want to be at, at, in reformers. And so that if you decide that you want to also buy in and be an NFT holder, that should be like a decision on your part. That's just like, because you want to and, and, or 
because you're wanting to participate in building and and kind of collaborating at a different level. Mm-hmm. But we also want to provide this entry level space and entry level training down the road as part of the roadmap that where we can just help people go from like, I don't have a wallet yet to I'm figuring out the space and learning and, and you're providing me with the ability to do that. So that's kind of the the super broad vision for it. And what got me excited about it is, yeah, like, you know, the, the names that we were talking about are like shiny object, social club, rabbit hole.gg, like yep. all these other places and spaces that are providing this, but like, well, where are the believers doing that? Yep. It's kind of what we wanted to do. Yep. And people can find that on reformersnft.com. Is that right? Is that the site? Reformersnft.com. Yes. Cool. Well, hey, okay. So lastly, tell me why you're optimistic about the future. We are in the midst of a crazy war in the Ukraine. The markets are crap. Yeah. You know, the, the markets are, I think the NASDAQ's off 21% from, you know. I, Down bad. Yeah. Crypto's I, I, worse. Crypto's worse. You've now. got, yeah. you've got, you know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you've got inflation, you've got gas prices, you've got all of it. And, and, and a lot of it, a lot of what we talk about on this podcast is how do we build when it feels like the world is falling apart? Um, sure. Why are you optimistic? What makes you optimistic? What keeps you optimistic? And why should other people be optimistic about, you know, let's, let's just say the next five years. Look, like, this is obviously, this is probably like almost the most center thing to like what I like about what I'm able to do and the stuff I'm able to write about. We're, we're believers. Like we are part I, I'm not a Christian because of any other reason other than that I believe it's true. Hmm. So if that's if that's right, I, I'm not I'm not like I'm not here because it's fun or because it's interesting to me or because it's you know the, I, I want to live in a certain way. Like I am here because I believe this is true metaphysically about the universe. And if that's so, right? If the Bible is true, if Christianity is true, if all this stuff is true, then. I, I mean, I kind of joked earlier, but I, I already know how this ends up, right? Like I look, you can, you know, and, and this is the story of the whole new Testament. Shoot. It's the story of the old Testament. <laughs> it's like, as bad as it gets, God is going to win. You know, you might not be, you, you have the option of being on the winning team <laughs> and you should really want to be on the winning team, but the Lord is winning either way. Right. And so if that's true, like, man, our anxiety and our looking at this situation is not a spiritual response. And I really, the Lord has taken me to school and the woodshed on some of this stuff over the last couple of years, honestly, because, you know, temperamentally, I'm an anxious person or I can be. Mm-hmm. I don't even like saying that because it's like, we don't say that about other sins and worry is a sin. That's what the Bible says. Right. And I'm saying that as a person who can really struggle with that. Like, you know, I don't, looking at the things that are going on in the world and responding out of fear is how the enemy, what, what the enemy is trying to do to us. He's trying to get us in this place where we're looking at the physical and looking at the, what he's doing in that realm. And we're responding to that and saying, ah, th- this is threatening to me. This is, this is a problem. This is changing my reality and my destiny, but it isn't as a Christian. And so if I believe that the Lord is the Lord of all of that, right? If I believe that he knows what's going on. And honestly, if I, if I get, disillusioned enough in in all of the world's powers and the world systems and my ability to strategize and figure it out. If I get kind of fed up enough with that, that I realize I can't do that, then that leaves me with a couple of things. It leaves me with the little things that I'm supposed to do that are right in front of me. 
right? The, the stuff that is in my town, the people that are in my church, the my family, the, the stuff that I can actually do something about. And you know, it turns out when I focused on that stuff, and this is what the my pastor was talking about this during 2020 and 2021, and really helped me out a lot. And he's like, look, you can, good stuff is happening in your family. Good mm-hmm. stuff is happening at our church. The Lord is doing stuff, right? Like, and does that, does that mean that Ukraine isn't happening? You know, absolutely not. But, you know, I don't really have an option to be pessimistic. I really believe that, like, theologically, like, that's not something that I'm allowed to do as a Christian. I can be disappointed. I can, I can be sorrowful. I can look at all these things and say, like, come on, Lord, like, you can come already. <laughs> you know, like, that, that's, those are all things that I can do and say, but I'm not allowed to have a pessimistic outlook because that's just not what, that's not, you know, and a lot of it for me comes from history, right? I, that's what I read constantly. I'm a his, history person. And so history does this amazing thing for you. And we're a historical people as Christians. We're people of the book. We're people of, we are a historical faith. Like we look at what the Lord has done and that's what's supposed to inform us. The Bible says that's why three quarters of it is the Old Testament. Why? Well, it's, this is for your instruction. Like you're supposed to go look at that and, and that will teach you about the Lord's character and what he does. Look, when we look at history, like my heroes of the faith are people who lived through, who fought in the trenches in World War One, survived that, and then, you know, came to middle age in World War Two. Like they had the worst hand dealt them probably in, in history or close to it. You know, my my people, look, the people that we idolize, maybe not, maybe in a bad way sometimes in the Christian faith are people who lived through the worst stuff. And that the Lord did things through them that we've like longed for and said, oh, if only the Lord would do that again. The Lord does that when he, when you're at a place where he has to show up in that way. So you should you should be excited right now. You should be looking honestly at it. Like you, we should be looking at the world and saying, oh, cool. Apparently the Holy Spirit is going to move through God's church in a new way because he 100% has to. We can't fix any of this. So I guess the Lord's got to show up. <laughs> right. And that's that's an exciting thing, you know. And so that is why I'm optimistic, not because of people or the human spirit or any of this stuff. I'm I'm optimistic because I believe that the Lord is going to do new things through his people, through his church. And that's because I look back in history and I see that it's times like this that have produced some of the stuff that we just are blessed by and take for granted now. And so, yeah, man, like. We're definitely living, going to live maybe through a bit more of a wartime generation than we signed up for. Mm-hmm. And I mean that like in a spiritual sense, yep. I mean, or whatever. Yep. I don't know. Like, I'm yeah. not, I don't have a crystal ball. Yep. But like, you know, hey, that to me, that means that Thor is going to do some cool stuff and I get to be a part of that. And, you know, that that, that to me is worth a, a whole lot. And And I think... That's why I get then excited about technology or all these other things is to me, it's like, look, the Lord gave us dominion over the world. And so that means that all of this is just a tool, you know, that I can kind of, I can kind of bend to my will in in a good sense. Like the Lord has, I have the mind of Christ. I have, you know, the Bible talks about a lot of pretty crazy things that we have the inherit, we have an inheritance with Jesus where all of a sudden, like we can look at the world and we have the Holy Spirit so we can see what the Lord wants to do. In, in a place or in, in a person or whatever, and we can work alongside the Lord to make that happen. We get to use our imagination to say, yeah, but what if this wasn't bad? 
Like, well, what if, what if my town wasn't like that? And that's something the Lord does. If you, we call it ministry eyes at my church is you look at something and you say, ah, that should be better. And then the Lord sends you out to do it. Right. And you use all your tools to do that. Like you, you want to use all your leverage. You want to make that fight unfair on the enemy and bring everything, you know? And man, if we do that in ministry, we should do that in every area of our lives. And I don't want to leave anything off the table that the Lord could use, you know, no matter what that is to, to, to advance the kingdom. And so that, that kind of means I, I can't get grumpy and just close myself off to, to any, any possibility, right? Are there some things that I'm not excited about? Yeah. Like give me a whole nother hour and we'll talk about the metaverse and what I think about. Right. That. But <laughs> right. Like, you know, <laughs> right. but at the same time, but at the same time, I have to be open to the fact that the Lord could use something like that in some way. Mm-hmm. I, I, like you said, I don't want to be naive, but I'm not a Luddite. Right. And I think it's really dangerous to be a Luddite, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, man, this has been, um, this has been really good. Thank you for, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for staying up late and uh, taking the time to no, talk with us and share your perspective. Where can people find you online? Um, so I got to get it all right now because I've, I've named it all confusingly. So it's difficult <laughs> for even <laughs> to grab on to, but, um, on, I try and stay relatively active on Twitter. I'm at Theo Futurist, yep. T-H-E-O-F-U-T-U-R-I-S-T. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I, I talk about just random stuff. I try and stay connected to, to the people in the space, especially the believers um, that I, I'm knowing. So that's that's a great way to get in touch with me. Please DM me. And like that's that's half the fun is talking to people. Right. So please do that. Um, and then, like you said, Theofuturism uh, with an M dot substack dot com is the, the newsletter. And I try and send something out um, every Monday. Cool. So that's right now. That's just I have some stuff. So I, every couple of weeks I'm doing a bigger kind of manifesto length essay where i'm you know trying to do some reading and stuff for it and mm-hmm. then in between i'm doing stuff that's a little more practical or a book i'm just starting to do book reviews which i think i'm going to do a lot more of because those have been really fun yeah um and and that kind of thing so i even this last time i experimented with a podcast we'll see how that goes <laughs> but you gotta you gotta try so yeah man i like, love it i love it well cool we'll have you on again soon um we got a lot more to talk about and um man i really appreciate it we will um we'll talk to you soon thanks michael seriously i'm i'm excited this has been really fun i really appreciate you guys yeah man we'll do it again